Welcome to the Untitled Car Project podcast. Your one-stop show about Indian car enthusiasts capable of giving Dominic Toretto a run for his money. With serial gearhead Siddhant and Shivam, here we go. Hi, sir. Hi. 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 So, I'll let you out on a few things about the, on this thing, the project that we started. What we figured out was that India eventually doesn't have a platform wherein people can, you know, enthusiasts can go to and know about what is the scene, the car culture and the scene, the whole scene of the people only in this South India know it, like the culture in Chennai. Those guys know it. Bangalore has a huge car, car culture. We actually wanted to know the whole scene where and how did you came up, you know come up with the whole idea of race concepts. Now, how do you get to a platform where and currently you are curing the Hondas in India? Mm-hmm. All the best Honda tunes are there, you know, out there. Like the currently the dragster, which is the Accord, which is running around 600 horsepower, wheel horsepower. So we were mm-hmm. we just wanted to know your journey where you tell us about the whole situation. How did you get from being a person who did not was not into tuning? And eventually got into your tuning and, you know, got into the whole culture when everyone, everyone praises you right now. That's the whole situation right now. So we actually wanted to know about that. Yeah. So um, I started quite early as an enthusiast, right from my younger days, from my early childhood. I had a lot of flair for uh, anything that moved, especially uh, bikes, cars. Um, as a child, I was an artist, so I used to sketch a lot of cars and bikes, mostly cars. So I had a lot of, um, you know, detail in mind uh, with how an automobile is supposed to be, and you know how the, um, you know, there there was a there was a good strong understanding from right from then. And then uh, as I, uh, you know, turned eighteen, you know, my dad got me a bike um, back in two thousand one. And then, you know, it was one thing after the other leading. Uh, while I was in my school days also, I, I, I used to have the habit of fiddling around with, you know, stuff at home and, you know, would do a lot of experiments. I remember when I was in class seven or class eight is when I first, uh, you know, was fiddling with my with my dad's uh, bike. And, you know, it was, it was something that, you know, I was always very curious about. And I used to do a lot of uh, very interesting concepts in, uh, at the school and college science exhibitions, um, did a lot of. I had a lot of. I had a big flair for you know anything that worked and you know anything that I, I always wanted to know how things worked and how they went about and uh, it was a lot of curiosity right from childhood. So I think that's what led me into uh, you know uh, growing that passion into something at a larger scale. So once I uh, you know got thinking about how. Um, you know, how I can make my bike faster and, you know, how I can go about doing things. I think my journey started as early as 2002, uh, you know, when I started uh, doing a lot of things on my own bike. Um, So I always worked on a four-stroke bike. And um, so I've been, you know, quite well-versed from, you know, for a very long time with how, uh, you know, these engines work. And while everyone, the whole world debated that four strokes are no good and uh, two strokes are the way to go. It was, it was a big challenge to stay, stand against yeah. the odds back then, you know, those days, 2000, early 2000s. Yeah, I was, I guess early 2000, I was two years old. So you so started your journey long back. 
yeah so it was just a very uh, um very new thing for you know it was a very different trend to uh, for anyone to believe in uh, with a four stroke so that being said you know the whole uh my interest towards uh, making a four stroke engine more and more efficient and things like that was uh, was you know one big part of my journey and i was part of a few forums and you know i used to see what people are doing and what general uh, you know culture is and um, i tried to uh, you know adapt to those things and you know uh, I, my first step was to basically modify my bike which was a suzuki fiero and you know starting off with that you know we we went about doing a whole lot of things to that bike and you know that journey lasted till about maybe 2007 or something i was pursuing a lot with that bike you know for about 5 years we did i did a lot of things um, made it uh, you know a 200cc uh, obo the uh, four stroke with larger valves and cam and this that and it so this immediately caught a lot of people's attention because people saw you know this one guy doing a lot of mad things and um, you know then people's uh, curiosity started building up and people started asking me what am i really doing and so i was like i said i was part of a lot of forums i used to meet a lot of people go on rides and then you know parallelly when while i was experimenting with my bikes and doing all this um, i also had a flair for riding fast and so i had this whole thing of uh, competitor angle uh, and then i used to compete uh, at a lot of events so started off doing drag days uh, as early as 2004 i think and um, so back then the track was still the mmrt no so i my i i visited mmrt once i think in 2002 or something the very, very first time uh, but uh, my first track day was at kari motor speedway uh, in oh, 2004 no. was koimbatore uh, yeah, yes. so that yeah, was our yeah. first uh, it, it was basically an organized uh, track day by uh, indi motor adventures uh, back then uh, it was anand dharmaraj who organized the event and um you know it was a fun uh, thing you know we i actually didn't go there with any uh, with any expectation that i would get hooked to it i just thought you know it's just a place to uh, go and ride your guts out you know without traffic yeah. without a cow crossing the road or without an <laughs> auto rickshaw you know so it was just a place to freak but then the minute i uh, you know went out took the first corner i felt the the grip levels and you know it just made me feel like a completely different person the minute i i took the first corner and then you know i i tried to learn how to ride and how to go about the techniques because it was fairly new i mean as a guy who rides on the street you have a very uh, stiff body you don't really uh, understand a lot of things yeah you don't uh, look at the, the racing lines yeah, you just yeah, take yeah. the curve so the, the dynamics actually yeah riding on a race track so i think that one uh session that i had the very first outing it was a two day outing i remember it was saturday and sunday those two days entirely changed my life you know i think so my focus from just being a guy who wanted to uh build a bike fast uh it changed yes. into a different perspective where i wanted to then make uh the bike fast and also ride it harder so it turned into that yeah. so you know it it gave me a different dimension and i think that's what made me push the limits because i mean if you're just building a bike it's one thing but then today uh one of the one of the key things that i i'm proud to say i possess is that you know i can build something and also drive it so that actually puts things in perspective and you know it immediately gives me the first feedback and you know that's that's the best because um you know you can maximize it and you know what's lacking and you know what's working so that you know makes it all the more uh, uh you know influential to develop a product or anything for that matter 
you know to a very high standard so yeah, yeah i would so like then, to talk about the the current culture wherein everyone somehow wants to you know turbocharge their vehicle and get it on the track get it fast so what would you suggest to the listeners and the viewers that how to go about turbocharging a vehicle wherein you know what are the steps like most of the people they they don't compress or map the whole thing they don't look at look at the engine like what are the pressure ratios that you're running so what what, what is your first this thing wherein what to do the what is the first approach to turbocharging a car See, well, to turbocharging a car, first is you should know what your purpose is. I mean, if it's, is it a street car? Is it a race car? Is it a hot street car? Is it a weekend car? So it all depends on what sort of power gains you're looking at. And um, based on the power levels, you need to really build your engine up. So mechanical integrity of an engine is everything. I mean, you can have the best turbo in the world. You can have all sorts of fancy parts, but if you've not built your engine right, it's all over. So... it's one thing to turbocharge engines like your you know Volkswagen TSI or the Skoda TSI which is factory turbo you just hop up a bigger turbo on it and then you yeah. um, you know you put a map you run a downpipe you run a intercooler this that i mean that's the larger that's the that's what is happening at a very large scale today it's all both yes, uh, on right. updates but then that isn't the hardcore way of building a car um so if you want to build it the the way you know you build a hardcore engine Uh, by starting up from the internals and then making them capable and strong enough and then uh, making it efficient to flow and then to boost and gain power so the first and fourth most important thing is to basically build your engine right you know make sure you have the right components and then once you get got that right you need to understand what power levels you need to have so like you said the compressor map is very important you definitely need yeah, to definitely, know uh, what you're aiming at because you don't want an engine which is too laggy you don't want an engine which is uh, too early um yeah. so it needs to be uh, the right series to hit the sweet spot so turbo sizing and you know knowing how to integrate your your uh, flow efficiency uh, from the engine with the turbo's flow rate it's a very important yeah. uh, uh, you know uh, it's it's a most important and most critical aspect so it's uh, then comes your uh, you know the way you go about setting up the whole thing making the whole package uh, you know integrating the whole package and then also uh refining it tuning it and then making sure you have no niggles so this is the whole you know the basic outlay however there is there is a lot of experience required and involved in doing all this right it's it's not that you can just slap on a turbo and you know make power and go fast Very it doesn't work Very like that so definitely a lot of experience is required someone doesn't have a budget for turbocharging their car but they want to increase the performance and let's say it's a petrol engine what are the uh, possible modifications for a petrol engine see for a for the naturally aspirated petrol engine i mean if obviously if you don't yeah. have a turbo charger then the next uh, other available petrol option is uh, not the naturally aspirated engine so there uh, the most easy and the most um, efficient thing to do is replacing your exhaust system with something well developed not every uh, exhaust which has few pipes coming out as a cylinder head is a, is good it needs to be tuned it needs to be of the right dimension it needs to be uh flowing right to make the right gains so a well tuned exhaust system and a well calculated and uh, you know a cold air intake system with the right dimension etc it's just not again a filter and a pipe everybody thinks it's just a cold air you know it's not like if you stick your filter out of your bonnet you will get cold air and engine make power it's how the air enters the engine in an efficient manner mm-hmm. in a in a certain uh, 
um, you know, there, there are some harmonic, harmonics involved. So you need to really understand those things and do so. Easiest thing, like I said, intake exhaust. And then you move on to um, other things like a lighter flywheel. And then, you know, you, you put a better clutch if you want to put the power down better. And next most important like thing is to the get the second stage. Like getting into the let's consider this being the first stage of the whole, you know, getting into the tune, tuning section. So getting into the second stage, would you consider, you know, getting the ports, the headers get, getting the head ported and polished? Yeah, I mean, um, yes, the head is definitely the a very important aspect. I was uh, just coming to that. So yes, uh, improving the flow efficiency of a head is very very important. I'm not sure to what extent people understand that, but everybody thinks porting and polishing. It's a, it's a yeah, name that is tag P and P, <laughs> but it's people regularly it's not, don't know what velocity stacking is and how to do about people, it. People don't really know what uh, porting and uh, porting. It's it's basically um, porting is a term that widely is used with two strokes because you yeah. know you you hog hell out of uh, the inlet mm-hmm. uh, the transfer ports on the intake exhaust ports so yeah. it, it is yeah. not the same way it is with four strokes so when it comes to yeah. four strokes you you basically say you know a cylinder head upgrade or you know like um, basically uh, the whole process is to improve the efficiency of the of the head uh, to make yes. it flow in better you flow out better and then burn better so yeah. this whole thing is definitely quite scientific. You need to have strong understanding. And I think that's where a whole bunch of magic in a four-stroke engine lies. Uh, like I said, you can believe as much as you want in your turbocharger and uh, other things, but everything works here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's very true. That's very true. Like, like even I myself is from automobile background, but I'm a fourth-year student right now doing automobile engineering from Chennai itself. So I've seen people talk about turbocharging their vehicles, but the key aspect I feel that they leave down is lowering the compression sometimes what they do is you know run on high compression pistons and they just blow blow up your blow their head gaskets and all so how important is lowering the compression of the engine while you're turbocharging a naturally aspirated which is initially not turbocharged not factory turbocharged uh so yeah now a lot of um, new generation engines uh, whichever is more and more emission compliant you see yes. um, from the way engines have been evolving for the last 20 years, uh, the compression ratios of most naturally aspirated engines have been going up. Uh, mainly yeah, because they're trying to achieve a quicker burn rate. And, you know, they're trying to make uh, the fuel burn, uh, every droplet to burn and, uh, you know, uh, leave out less residue. And uh, there's, there's, um, there's a very tight packaging these days. If you see the bore and stroke is quite different compared to what engines used to be. Most engines you see these days are long stroke engine. So they have a very yeah. tiny, uh, you know, architecture, a narrow block, taller block. Uh, this mm-hmm. helps them in packaging the engine. Um, so it, it helps them, uh, you know, package the same engine in a variety of chassis. So um, these engines are basically, uh, they, they don't leave a whole lot of headroom like how manufacturers used to do, you know, 20 years ago, where they would let you play around with a whole lot of things. So today, uh, most cars run 10 is to 1, 10.5, even some cars which run about 11 is to 1 compression. And uh, because of which, uh, your static compression being so high, obviously, if you attempt to turbocharge such an engine, it is going to be disastrous because you're... Uh, what you do with the increasing temperature uh, compression ratio is that you're spiking up the cylinder pressure. So, it will uh, eventually knock at some point. Pressure, yeah, increasing the cylinder pressure is what gives you a higher burn rate and that is what translates to better response and better power. Now, uh, turbo 
charging is also another similar principle where you are actually again stuffing the cylinder with with more air more fuel and increasing the the overall pressure and then you creating a you know a higher uh, power level so a combination of an already increased air uh, cylinder pressure with with higher compression and on top of that boosting it is definitely boosting. disaster no, so for sure yeah. you need to uh, definitely you need to lower it um, so knowing what uh, you know an engine is uh, in static compression uh, trim yeah. you need to lower it accordingly and so that's when you know that's where a lot of um, mm-hmm. understanding is required for you to to know what sort of package to build i mean everybody has this concept of doing a very low comp i mean a low psi setup a lot of people yeah. uh, ask us also even you know like why can't i just run a 5 6 psi setup on a stock engine isn't it safe etc i mean um, you you can think that it's safe but then the engine would not be happy because it it definitely is going to be a bit of a deterrent and while you might get some some gains definitely like for example uh, any 1.5 liter car is around 100 horsepower and yeah. if you turbocharge it you will definitely get it to about 140 150 horsepower quite decently but then how much of that horsepower you can use and how much of that horsepower you can actually put out back to back gear by gear and you know not have any um trouble is something that i would not suggest because definitely you are going to run into trouble because you can't increase the revs you can't you know you can't enjoy the power levels of the engine so having you know a bump in power 40% 30% 50% is one thing but then how the power is generated how you find that engine uh, enjoyable is another thing there is no point having an engine making a bit of more power but then having the same rev, rev cut as stock or maybe yeah. a few rpm lesser because you're trying to conserve the engine and things like that so we would definitely won't recommend uh, doing it in my opinion the only way to build an engine uh, right is by building it right you started modifying your bike in the initial stages and like do you had any pop culture influence that got you more into this field and modifying cars uh i would say the the biggest influence that we had back then was see we didn't have a whole lot of internet like how it is today <laughs> it yeah. was much lesser there were a few forums and there was very little content and things like that so it it was more of uh how much people met and spoke and you know hung around today you don't see a lot of people hanging around because everybody has a very different fast lifestyle people are all like how we how we are talking today right uh, now <laughs> <laughs> i was about to get to that so it's 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 life has come to this so there is absolutely no no more face to face approach so back then there was a lot of time to catch up with people and there was a whole lot of mingling around and things like that so i think compared to what the the community of uh, the forums or anything is today back then it was a lot more involving people we didn't have whatsapp we didn't have a whole lot of thing we just had a phone that's it so there was um, you know a good chance to actually bond with people like i think the biggest influence for me at that point was you know the people from the forums that i met and uh, you know the the going for race weekends meeting people there and then um, we had a lot of guys hanging around uh, on saturday weekends saturday in the evenings uh, with cars bikes so i think uh, you know that whole uh, uh, thing of looking forward for the next weekend with the faster car with the faster bike yeah. that kept pushing us you know and then we used to go out a lot of a uh, lot on sunday mornings for drives and rides etc so it it was always you know that you want to look forward for something 
and then and for me because i also had the racing influence on one side i think this whole thing of going back again to the race track to set a faster lap time and then to build something faster going half a second faster going 0.1 second faster this became a you know a big drive for me so i think that is one of again the second big factors that influenced me to to keep pushing myself so there was no pop culture or anything as such i think it was it was a circles that we were in and you know, the kind of people that we met and um, yeah i think it was it was the good times back then i i just wanted to ask that how do you define you know a build which is specific to a particular type of racing like like consider i want to get into autocross rally autocross so what are the differences between the builds accord that you have currently built for a drag will be completely different than the accord that you want to build for a autocross situation so how would you suggest the view, uh, the listeners and the viewers that how to go about the initial stages of tuning your vehicle to get it on a particular track that you want see like there are different formats of racing uh, i mean any form of motorsport rather yes. so there is one uh, so one is your tarmac racing circuit racing and then you have drag racing and then you have mainly the dirt dirt formats i mean so on dirt you have autocross and then you have rallies and yeah. uh, off roading is a different thing i'm not going to get into that because no. that's not about going fast um, yeah. so when it comes to rallying and autocross so um, anything where you have you're going to deal with gravel Uh, versus tarmac definitely gravel is uh, you know a completely uh, traction deterrent situation so you don't have traction there so you definitely can't have a ton of horsepower tarmac on the other hand is is capable of you know putting down all the power that you make provided you have the right tires and you have uh, good grip levels so so these two things are two opposite uh, type uh, kind of sport uh, you know yeah. the gravel type and the tarmac type so when you build a gravel type car you the emphasis is not on a lot of horsepower although you can make a lot of horsepower now imagine you can actually put 700 horsepower of the accord on a drag strip there's <laughs> yeah. no way in hell you're going to put that on on gravel because no. probably you're not even going to move 5 feet in first gear because this yeah, is going to stand there spinning 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 so spinning, spinning, so spinning. which is why you see even from uh, wrc to uh everything you know the power levels are capped you know wrc yeah, power true. levels are capped to power everything has its own everything. rule book yeah it's not just rule book it's humanly difficult to drive yeah. something faster true. than that because grip levels are constantly a concern the the, the rally cars are limited to 200 kph because it's it's very dangerous to go past 200 so although there were days you know in the 80s when the gobi cars were brutal they were faster than the formula 1 cars of those days and they were putting out yeah, mad yeah. numbers and many people died and it was finally people realized that it's just ridiculous to have that kind of horsepower so it's it's a completely different approach in a on a gravel surface surface it's all about the skills of the driver and how you can place the car sure. and how you can get it around a corner with least amount of wheel spin and least amount of drama all this flamboyant styles and you know sliding it around and all that yeah. doesn't really make you go fast it's it's nice to look at it and definitely a nice wallpaper but <laughs> not a <laughs> nice way to go fast like so, formula 1 uh, technically they say is actually you know formula 1 for ferrari is actually come come up from the group b lancia they eventually built up the engine so it's actually the whole consideration wherein group b stopped after a while say after i guess two 10 years group b was stopped because it was causing a huge amount of trouble and there was no cap on it group b i think ran only for about 4 years if i'm not wrong yeah. because we have been in a period of that because yeah, yeah. So, so 
Yeah, Formula still, One engines, the initial uh, stage, the Ferrari started off with the Lancia engine. Yeah, that was a huge yeah. part of it. Yeah, so um, like I said, um, building your car up for for a certain kind of uh, motorsport is definitely, uh, there are two different opposites. Um, like an autocross car wouldn't need a lot of power. Uh, like a rally car, a rally car would need a lot more power because uh, the car is going to utilize a lot more straights and a lot more places where it can, you know, accelerate that much harder, etc. And then, uh, you know, you have mix of loose um, and hard surface in gravel in uh, in a rally, whereas in a in an autocross because you are in a small, uh, you know, in a limited space and you're just driving around tight corners, you are anyways not going to exceed exceed a whole lot of speed. So it's all about having a car which is very agile and you as a driver need to be very quick and responsive. So I think in an autocross, it's more of the driver and and yeah, some bit of the car as well. But I would say mostly 60-70% uh, of it is a driver and 30% is the car, 30-40%. And a rally, definitely the equipment is much more uh, uh, need to be sorted because it needs better suspension. Every bit of you know the dynamics of the car will be crucial because you're doing higher speeds and you know, a whole bunch of things change. So there in rattling again, you know, the car definitely equals the driver effort. Uh, yeah, when definitely. it comes to racing and drag racing, it's all about how you can put your power down and how you can uh, utilize the, you know, the power from the engine. So um, in drag racing, it's all about how you can put every bit of the power to the ground. In racing, it's all about how you can put every bit of the corner, uh, every bit of the power in every part of the racetrack. Like on the straights, into the corner, entry of the corner, mid-corner, exit of the corner, everywhere. So it's all about having maximum uh, tire contact. So And then the driver also has to do his job. Definitely a yeah, lot of effort that. is required in in, uh, in circuit racing. I would say of all these uh, four types, drag racing is the simplest because there's not a whole lot required. All you have to do is just launch the car and then shift few gears and job's done in a few seconds. Few seconds, yeah. correct, correct. So, speaking of motorsport in India, like what is the current state of uh, racing culture in India? I think uh, we are at a good place right now. Definitely the racing uh, uh, bit is taken off quite well. We have a lot of interesting categories. We have, um, you know, the circuit racing format going very well uh, with the premium categories such as the ITC. And then the other subsequent categories in touring cars. And then you have the one-make series, which are bringing in a lot of interest. Then you have the Formula cars, the Formula 2-liter and the 1.6, uh, the 1600. Then you have the junior formulas. So definitely there are quite a lot of categories and there are, there are, there are plenty of uh, participants who come and uh, do these uh, races every year. And um, I think rallying is also picked up very well. I mean, a few years ago, it was a bit dull. Today, we are seeing very good entries. The, the, the promoters are, rally and all. Sorry? Yeah, yeah. I mean, generally, the numbers have picked up quite well from what yeah. it used to be a, a few years ago. Um, so, the organizers are doing a great job. The federation is stepping up. And there are a lot of competitors, good drivers, good standards, faster cars. So, definitely, rallying is doing well. Autocross events also, they're doing uh, quite well. A lot of events mm -hmm. I get to see. Uh, but um, I think drag racing is a bit of a dull uh, point right now. It used to be quite active. Uh, if I'm not wrong, two, three years ago, we, we used to have quite a few events every year. Every year. The Bangalore Adi Bangalore Strip. That's the yeah, most famous area for Bangalore. Yeah, they used to 
there used to be minimum 3 to 3 events a year now it's come down to barely one a year so i'm not sure what the reason is maybe maybe it's finding a place or whatever it is i i guess uh, all these uh, other forms you know that is rallying ra- uh, racing and autocross they are quite straightforward you uh, racing there are two three race tracks already rallying yeah. there are places with with the organizers have already identified and they run well autocross there are a lot of private properties where people make their own tracks and they run i think drag racing is a bit of a concern because uh, most events happen at ice strips and i think it's how uh, the availability is and the costing is and i i'm sure it's pretty expensive to 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 run an event so i think yeah, you know because there is no dedicated drag racing facility in india is definitely uh, it's a, it's a bit of a letdown i really wish uh, we we something came up because that could definitely help you see drag racing draws in the highest numbers uh, you know everywhere abroad and uh, we've seen this and we we've seen this in india as well we see the highest turnout of entries and cars and uh, you know audience and all sorts of things and you know a lot of uh, show happening at a drag event compared to a rally or a race event so definitely uh, i think if more race tracks come up then for sure there'll be a lot more yeah that's that definitely that's, that's one of the huge things in india that we also need an nhra to you know organize the whole drag racing circuit of india and what are the the easiest the most difficult and the most fun car you have built till now i think the most difficult i would say has been our uh, has been a racing car the indian touring car the itc it requires a lot of uh you know mad skills to put the package together to make every bit of the car work because it's it's not one angle that you're focusing on it's not just the engine it's not just the chassis it's just not the handling it's not just the braking it's a combination of everything that has to work at its maximum limit so getting the car to uh, do a certain lap time and then today we have we've got the quickest time around the race tracks um so it's it's been a job to to really put the pieces together and then also uh, to work very closely with with a very experienced driver so you know it's very important that you understand um, you know the driver side of things where you understand what uh, the driver requires and then you you build the car accordingly so it's a very intense activity yeah um the easiest i think uh, would be <laughs> in my uh, i i would say i mean i build a lot of street cars we do a lot of everyday projects here they are all i mean they are they easy and they complex and they are okay okay in their own ways i think um, i find drag racing to be quite you know in comparison a lot easier okay. because your goal is just one thing you know just put the make a ton of horsepower just put it down and just drive so i i would say it's in comparison it, it's not i'm not saying it's it's uh, it's easy but in comparison to what the difficult angle is i think this is easy so i think the dragster the honda 1.5 vtec um, dragster that we built out of a 1.5 liter to make 600 plus horsepower that was a task so um, i think that was uh, great fun and uh, in comparison i say i would say it is much easier uh, the only focus was to you know build up the engine to hold well and uh, the most fun um, i think i've had is recently i built a zen uh, two door yeah we saw the zen yeah it's- 
Yeah, so I think that's been the most fun car, you know, in a long time. Yeah, so I think it was it was a great thing, you know, just a uh, lockdown project <laughs> just <laughs> to have some fun. And it turned out uh, better than expected, so. How, how would you suggest someone, if someone wants to get into the motorsport culture and not into the racing culture, the motorsport culture wherein he or she wants to be a part of a team that builds the vehicle? How would you suggest, you know, how to get into the whole circuit of that thing? Okay, so basically to, to get more opportunities for people who want to be in the mo- in the sport, like you said, not driving it, but then being at the yeah, back of definitely. the scene, uh, there needs to be more opportunities for racing itself. You know, there needs yeah. to be more of the sport. There has to be. Uh, there, there, needs, there needs to be more cars. There, need, there needs to be more a larger grid. And everything needs to happen on a larger scale. So for that, you know, a lot of things have to happen. So it's an indirect uh, thing, you know, as much as I can advise a career path for people. Uh, this is something that has to happen from grassroots level, from the federation to a lot of uh, things upwards. Uh, but uh, answering your other point where you asked about how somebody can get a, get something, uh, you know, to be in motorsport, I would say it is to identify your interest first because a lot of people come to us and they say, you know, they want to be in racing, they want to join us and they want to be an intern and all that. But then nobody understands the the difficulty in it. You know, everybody thinks it's a cakewalk. They think, you know, it's yeah, flamboyant. Yeah, you're part of a racing team and, you know, it's it's not much of a hassle and things like that. But then, uh, it's it, you need a hell of a lot of dedication. And I don't and know... And the working hours are always too people, crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if people are going to be that dedicated these days because I've seen a ton of kids, uh, you know, who have, who have promised a lot of things, but then they just don't deliver because they don't understand... Uh, you know, they give up so easily because they think that, uh, you know, it's like Formula 1 or MotoGP where everything yeah, is so interesting. Yeah, yeah. And we we are in a country where things are, you know, at a far lower level than what it is abroad. So, for sure, there is there is a lot that we need to catch up on and, you know, the standards have to improve. Uh, the racing has to be a lot more. And for the for the economics of this to, to go up so that everybody benefits. So, people who are employed, people who are running the teams, people who are, you know, part of this, the whole... Scenario has to pick 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 itself well. So you can't yeah. extract anything out when there's nothing coming in. So I think the thing is in basically identifying first to to have the interest in you and then try and you know hang around race weekends, come and see what's going on. First understand what this is happening at our level in in India. Not not looking at a Formula One pit and then thinking that oh that is how yeah. uh, things are. Well, it isn't the exactly case. not how it works. Yeah. I yeah. So. Yeah, so doing that and then maybe hooking yourself up with a racing, uh, with a team or, you know, going and uh, trying to offer help and then then slowly take it from there. Definitely there is no, um, nobody is going to, you know, hold your hands and take you through a journey because uh, if you're going to be a part of a very serious team, they're going to be head over heels working flat out. So they, they might not be enough time for them to, you know, direct you or show you the thing. And so I think it has to, it has to all come from within. Is it safe? Is it safe to say that everyone can eventually approach a team and you know talk to them and show their interest and show that that they're willing to work and dedicatedly work? Like even you must be knowing in the college level right now, there are the students working on formula team, formula student teams, and their Baha teams. So is there a huge intake of students from there as well? Uh, sadly not. I'll be honest <laughs> because uh, there are very few teams and there are very few. Uh, people that are in behind the scenes uh, because everything is 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 uh, is happening at a certain cost, 
and now i'll just quickly tell you you know the whole the 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 problem that we have with the indian uh, system you know the recruitment system is that now a guy is a student is uh, graduating in a certain college and you know is is trying to get into motorsport you know get into something where they want to have some fun uh the the first thing is that you know the the typical stereotype society where you know they want to see their children uh you know do a certain kind of a job and then earn a certain amount of salary so this whole stereotype i think ruins the whole picture because if you want to be in motorsport it's a hardcore route it's not it's not like uh, you know going to a corporate finding a job getting a few lakhs etc per year and then sorting your life and yeah, then going into something abroad things like that so this is what you know every guy looks forward so they want to come make a career and then immediately jump into something and then you know tag themselves into a bandwagon and then just uh, you know and then say that you know they got their life sorted it's it's not going to be a cake walk because being in motorsport surviving the odds going through the whole uh, you know all the turbulence that is around and then successfully passing through it is is definitely a task the pressure that's involved in motorsport is definitely a lot the pressure of being in a team the pressure of uh, doing your everyday tasks and then and then looking at the the way the indian system works you know everybody first thing they would ask is how much money are you making in this you definitely can't make a whole lot of money and there are there are not too many factory teams where you can you know get a job there and then get a whole lot of money and then so it's it's a slow process definitely something that you need to you need to be willing to take up with some amount of risk there are some people who got employed in you know in volkswagen and few teams places like that but um, there are, there's there's not a whole lot of opportunity everywhere you know there because the 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 uh, maximum size of the sport itself is very little uh, if very you look little, at it yeah. from the from the larger perspective the automobile business the sector is quite large but tuning and motorsport is is nothing i would say it's not even a, it's not even 1% it's nothing it's it's too small a thing to even call itself an ind call itself an industry or or anything for that matter because it's it's just a handful of people and it's just a very few bunch of people who are enthusiastic and who want to drive and then who want to build cars etc i mean just to give you a perspective today if a certain car is being sold uh, you know in thousands every month and that mounts to a few lakhs every year you think a percentage of those cars are actually getting tuned no this is now one mm. brand now if you look at it uh, you know across the cars that you know all sorts of cars all sorts of mpvs and suvs everything across the board you see a few crore cars on the road every uh, every year but uh, you don't even see 1% of those cars getting tuned or anything happening to it That's but right. you see the accessory business and everything else is is doing well because those things are you know like mostly need of the are uh, they are things that people require for their comfort of or for their luxury or whatever but then more sport and tuning is considered you know like the like the last option the least priority so definitely it is something that uh, you know um, is currently at a very low scale it has been a amazing experience and we wish to have you again on this little project of ours i hope sure. it reaches My out pleasure. to the most of the enthusiasts of the world of india at least for now <laughs> and uh, we would like to uh, plug in your socials as well and you can you know just let us know your the social media handles to, and to the pub, uh, to the viewers as well yeah sure you can find us on facebook it's just race concepts company website is uh, www.raceconcepts.in and um, 
Instagram handles race concepts. So you can catch us. Uh, you know, you can see what we do. There are a lot of interesting posts that we put out. You can follow us, uh, see what we are up to. We we have a lot of interesting things that we keep uh, putting out almost every day. So you guys should definitely not miss it. Um, it's yeah. it's always a pleasure interacting with people, and I love you know talking about things, your know, cars and tuning. I can go on for hours together. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole point of you know having this conversation with you when people who actually want to get into the whole scene car scene and they don't have the, a platform to know about the information and so that's what we are trying to do with our little untitled car project thank you so much for thank you so much guys thank nice you. catching up with you thank you okay.